Welcome to Episode 7 of DC Station Union, hashtag Be Decent. It is April 2018. Melissa, Jack, and Ruth reunite for Regan's birthday bash on New Street. Hey, Regan. Congratulations on another trip around the sun. Thank you, thank you. The whole gang is here. More like a tribe, as you're the social chief of Washington City. I'm just the convener. I let people do their own connecting. Scanning the room, I can already match three, no, four broken romances. Oh, there's probably a dozen former relationships out back. I pride myself on keeping exes calm. Sweetie, it's not a real D.C. party without at least five pairs of ex-lovers there. On the Facebook invitation roster, I actually saw four women I've hooked up with with, to varying degrees. Nine or ten total bases. Jack, with social moneyball stats, it's homers. It's who you've actually tossed around in the sack that counts. Just fooling around, who cares? In D.C., we all have multiple friends who've hooked up with our exes, or will. Yep. I will make it my mission all night to figure out who Jack's been physical with. Oh my god. A shrink observing me. Anna's already pissed that I didn't take the earlier train back. She doesn't need to know I'm in the presence of so many women I've dated. She knows. It's a wife instinct to know. Gotta mingle. Just tell her you said hi to everyone on her behalf. But don't mention any women. How is Anna? Her hands have the permanent scent of baby poop. That says it all. Hmm. And your son? Good. Looking more like me every day. On that note, Melissa and Doug are here. Right. And she's not drinking. Open up a bump watch file? Mm. Oh, and she's engaged. Sweet. So how are the city's kids? Oh, I so love my job. I did make the case for more appropriations based on your advice. No wonk talk north of M Street, please. Ah! What is that blinding light coming from your left hand? Yes, yes. Everyone's favorite hopeless romantic is finally engaged. Okay, I can't hold it in anymore. I have a nine-week-old bun in the oven. Ah! Awesome! So, same question I asked Jack. How did he propose? Nothing special. A restaurant with a view in Houston on a Tuesday night. It was mostly empty. He did a simple ritual on his knee, and it's kind of a blur. Oh, I just love those stories. So you're integrating into family life now? Yeah, his daughter and I get along, and she understands she's getting a sibling. And you, Ruth. I can see from your posts that you live by the Southwest Waterfront. Love it. I still haven't seen it. Off the beaten path. Hi, Jack. Oh, hi, uh, Nicole. Has it really been that long? Well. You went and got married and moved out of town without telling me, much less inviting me to a going-away party I'm sure you had. Is this your wife? No, it's my pal Ruth and my pal Melissa. Pleased to meet you. Honored to be considered the wife of this fine man. Can we speak? We are speaking. Uh, in private. Nothing you can tell me that they can't hear. You want to talk, you can come over here and join us. Oh, I just wanted to see how you're doing. I've got it all. Great wife, great kid, my own business. Good. I was just curious. Well, now you know. I'm curious why her. Oh, 
listen carefully, as this will be our last communication. You dumped me, probably because my income trajectory and, you know, it didn't offer you the lifestyle you fancied. Damn. I'm plenty happy, if you cared. Not really. Anyway. Yeah, that was just a relationship that was kind of just enough love between her and herself. I was sort of the third wheel, you know what I mean? My God. I like how you handled her. Narcissist. Easy diagnosis. Wanting ego affirmation from an old boyfriend. She made a trade that went bust, to use the baseball metaphor. Seriously. Oh, hi. And that's the husband of my board chairwoman. A woman chairing a startup board? That's great. Yeah, we're pretty progressive with HR. Insurance companies demand it, as do boards. It's not just morality, it's the bottom line. The best prevention system is hiring good people who keep their sexuality internalized at work. Ruth, my dear, in government relations, there is no difference between work and play. My fiancé, whom I work with, and I have learned to navigate that throughout our careers. You pitch business at parties to people you've dated before and try not to have a bad personal reputation. But it's not like you hold hands in the office. No, but we did do it downstairs in the lactation room once. Score. Melissa, I know you met Randy before you worked there, but any sexualizing behavior at work ultimately disempowers women. Men's egos and sex drives can be leveraged against them, jujitsu-like. They see you as a piece of ass. At the very least, it emphasizes that you are the woman in the room. I don't see being a woman as a weakness. Tell me, describe the leadership team at your company in Texas. What about jealousies you engender with other women? I can rise up as far as I want to in this company if I choose to pursue that. As for women who don't like me, that's their problem. I'm hardly bad. Using sex alters the playing field. Femininity and its charms isn't the same thing as horse trading, a sexual experience as a quid pro quo. It's reducing our value in terms of education and ideas and skills. An asexual workplace with everyone in boxy suits is not any ideal. Further, I think you're reducing men to just a bunch of raging hormones. But somehow, the system just keeps promoting you raging hormones. My first job in D.C., a small lobbying shop headed by a woman, thank you very much, was quite an eye-opener. I was 22, and on my second day, I was called in to talk to the boss for dressing too sexy. My clothes didn't fit any tighter than their clothes on their bodies. In all honesty, were you more attractive? Well, in all humility, yes. Excuse me? You're diminishing their worth for not being attractive? No. Stipulated. People are acculturated to envision men as agents of power, but Melissa has an effect on people that maybe the other employees didn't have. I got attention for better and for worse. Unattractive women get harassed too. It's a power play, not mainly about sex. You're being, at the very least, inconsistent with what you just said two minutes ago about femininity not being about sex. Oh, for Pete's sakes. I just want to go to work and work. I've been assaulted. I've been made to believe my only agency is relative to the men around me. I don't want to be gendered. I just want to do good work. Okay, look. Melissa seems to think you need to work the social system, and you, Ruth, seem to advocate tearing it down. I just, I don't know. I'm starting this company with two other Y-chromosome people. 
our chairwoman says hire a woman as our first software engineers, you know, attract a balanced team. I just want the culture to start off right. The point of this conversation is that reality is harder than the black and white rules we were taught. Society and the system needs articulated rules or the patriarchal culture will fester. I'm just saying, rules are hard to apply since different people have different effects in different situations. A charismatic man complimenting a female co-worker's outfit is flattering, but a dork from accounting would be sent down to HR for saying the exact same thing. What is sexual and what constitutes a work environment are each their own hour-long conversation. This is mixing it. Everyone at my company needs to know how to recognize it and when to what to do when things get off track you know well getting out of an improper or dangerous situation is easier said than done it's not politically correct to say in public but as we're all taught in private you have to mitigate risk but saying that in public sounds like victim blaming and just to classify things properly some guys need to be fired some guys need to be jailed and some guys need to have their texts ignored. Ruth, Melissa, help me. I just started a company with a couple other guys. I'm trying to set the culture. Like, what do I do? Jack, your company is a social system. Mold it to reflect the community it's from. So all types of people can enter smoothly and utilize the talents of all your people. Jack, just keep being a good person and your employees will key off of that. Speaking of being a good person, isn't it time to hightail it to Union Station and go home to Anna? Um, <laughs> I've got to be there in like 20 minutes. Let me say bye to Regan and then race over to good old Union Station where it all began. Sorry, I can't say hi to Doug. Bye, Jack. So good to see you. Bye now. I'll have to head out to Houston to see you again. Gotta go. I will track your progress online. So, is everything coming together for you? Yeah, it is. It's not orderly like some Hallmark movie, but looking back, everything fell into place naturally. I recall you said it seemed like life kept repeating cyclically, like you were on a treadmill. I know. Things just happen at different times for different people. Are you good? I am. To see impact with the arts programs and the programs to put kids on their straight and narrow... That gives meaning. Is it permanent? As long as I'm in the good graces of the mayor, I'm still seeing patients two Saturdays a month and can go full-time when the time is right. That's great. Well, I have a sudden craving for a tangy beverage, a salty meat, and a sweet pastry. Weird. Not at all, my friend. Not at all. Let's go find you this stuff. Thank you for listening to DC Station Union, a play by Princess Town Productions, Written and produced by Tika Thomas.